members, friends or colleagues, it could be extremely serious, even fatal. Despite the lower infection rates in Wales, coronavirus has not gone away. It remains the responsibility of everyone to help prevent the spread of the virus, that is, by self-isolating when asked to do so, staying two metres away from others and by washing hands regularly. David Powers Police have issued an urgent appeal for a missing 27-year-old man. Maximilian Self went missing at around 2.30 on August 30th in Milford Haven but was spotted in Cardiff yesterday morning. A police spokesperson said that Max suffers with poor mental health and we are worried for his safety. It is very unlike him to go out without telling someone where he is. Max went missing in Milford Haven, however they did have a confirmed sighting of him at around 7am yesterday morning on Clare Street in Cardiff. Max is around 6 foot 3 tall and has short light brown hair. He was last seen wearing shorts, a t-shirt and swimming goggles. If you think you have seen Max, you can contact the police by emailing contactcentre at david-powys.pnn.police.uk or by calling 101. Pembrokeshire's Extinction Rebellion campaigners joined in a series of demonstrations over the weekend to draw attention to the global climate emergency. Protesters targeted petrol stations in Pembroke, Haverford West, Fishguard, Goodick, St David's and amongst others with health warnings about the dangers of fossil fuels. The warning labels were among 20,000 that were stuck to petrol pumps all over England, Scotland and Wales as part of a national campaign led by Doctors for Extinction Rebellion. Graphic labels were designed by the doctors to resemble existing cigarette packet health warnings, the government's stay alert coronavirus banners and the wartime your country needs you posters with David Attenborough's face replacing that of Lord Kitchener. Demonstrators also put banners and signs up on Freeman's Way with some banners reading are you ready for the next wave and act now were hung over the footbridge. Some Pembrokeshire activists also joined a protest in Carmarthen stalling traffic on the busy roundabout at the entrance to the town and stalling the traffic on the A40. Some campaigners even took a kayak onto the road and paddled it as well as a giant octopus puppet to draw attention to the flooding and rising sea levels and food security. They said they had chosen the location as the land was forecast to be underwater in 30 years time. A spokesman for the group said that swarming around about on Saturday lunchtime caused some delays and inconvenience to drivers but it's nothing compared to the likelihood of that area being underwater in 30 years time due to climate change. The actions were part of a series of protests that were happening around the UK. I'm Charlie James and you're up to date on Pure West Radio. Summer in Pembrokeshire. Ah, basil and snail poison. The sweet smell of summer. On Pure West Radio. Yeah, we're back. It's the West Files. And me, I'm here. Yeah. Yay! Hello, Ronnie. Hello, Steve. I can't see you. You're so far away. <laughs> I know. It's really weird sitting all the way over here. Social distancing. Yeah. But at least I'm in the. I'm, I'm kind of in the studio. You're sort of wedged in the doorway. Well, I'm wedged in the doorway. So what have you been up to then in lockdown? Before we before we did the theme tune, but you know. Oh, not a lot, apart from doing the usual West Files. <laughs> Sat at home, home on the from sofa. Your sofa. Yeah, oh it was my all right sofa! For some, wasn't it? Some of us had to come and. Uh, yeah, I was quite happy because I was sat there with my glass of wine while you were panicking. I know. I and know. I couldn't slap it's you. It's really weird tonight because I have to look at you through binoculars. You're so far. I know. It's so weird. Right. There we are. Did Never mind, you... we're being good. Yes, we're, we're wearing masks and sitting... I don't know, it must be four metres. <laughs> I don't know, you stuck me out in the corridor and said, stay there. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to catch anything. Who says I've got it? Could be you. Could be me. Yeah. Fame tune. 
Same to you. Yeah. Welcome to This Is The West Files. This is Pure West Radio. It's a little after nine on the last day of August 2000. Oh, no, we cancel 2020. Just cancel yeah, 2020 altogether. Day. It's the last day of August yeah. in pandemic year. Yeah. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. When you're down, when you're strained Faces come out of the rain When you're strained No one remembers your name When you're strained Says the West Files on Pure West Radio. It's the 31st of August, and uh, yeah, if you 
you're thinking about going out on Wednesday, don't. <laughs> because the Americans are sending us Hurricane Laura. Oh, that's nice of it. Yeah. Oh, it... Some interest, an interesting snippet for you. Oh, go for because it. Because people are strange because we use the Echo and the Bunnymen version, yeah. which was famous, made famous by the Lost Boys movie. Yeah. But did you know that in audio signal processing and acoustics, an echo is a reflection of sound that arrives at the listener with a delay after the direct sound. The delay is directly proportional to the distance of the reflecting surface from the source and the listener. Typical examples of which are the echo produced by the bottom of a well by a building or by the walls of an enclosed and empty room. Like a haunted one. Like a haunted A one. true echo is a single reflection of a sound source. Multiple reflections are called what? Mm, oh, come on, it's reverberation. Oh, reverbs. There we go. There we right, go. Right, so what else have you been up to? Well, you haven't missed me singing along to People Are Strange, have you? No, not no, at all. No, I didn't think so. Dancing, <laughs> wearing your gimp suit. Oh, don't. I noticed you've got a gimp mask on. Yes, I wonder who had something to do with that. What, with a marker pen? Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, what were you doing at the weekend? I don't know. Before I we got into the paranormal. I, I was going to say, really paranormal. All of these stickers... And like there was idiotic things on Saturday. There was like some twerp riding a kayak up the middle of the road. There was things hanging off the bridges on Freeman's. Had they way. been to the pub first? No, it was that. Oh. It was that. You know, the extinction. The, oh, the world's going to end tomorrow. Chicken little lot. <laughs> Chicken little lot. Yeah. Well, I was in the pub. You're so all going to die. Yeah, well, we yeah. are anyway at some point. If we make it through 2020. <laughs> if we make it through 2020, it'd be a miracle. Hey, while we were, uh, while we were on lockdown, yeah. we, ha we had a report from a listener oh. um, informing us, and in fact, if anybody's listening in and around the Nayland area, Honeybutter Green, mm. uh, the sound of horses' hooves in the middle of the night, horse That's, and carriage yes. in the middle of the night. We still haven't got to the bottom of that one. Haven't we? No. Ah, um, we so definitely need still, to find that out. We're still watching and listening and mm. hoping that somebody out there will um, be able to enlighten us yeah. or share their experiences. Well, that would be handy. It would be... Because it's got me interested and intrigued and, and all the rest well, of it. Well, I mean, I know the person that... You know, I know the person that got in touch and they've got their head screwed on. Yeah. They're not likely to. And let's be honest, who's going to be driving a horse and cart through Honeyborough Green at three in the morning? It's not going to be your common every day. I wouldn't have thought so. Well, I don't think it happens every day. No. But it's, this isn't Moncton, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you put me in the corridor, so I can't slap you. <laughs> I know, welcome back, Ronnie. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, these things happen. You know, we still get, even in lockdown. Yeah. And there have been some very interesting and sort of crazy stuff happening during lockdown. People saying about, um, there's been a huge increase, uh, psychologists uh, that, um, I suppose the colleagues of mine have been saying that um, there's been a lot of um, people reporting very strange and very lurid dreams. There was a lot of you know, people. That was during yeah. the main phase of lockdown. Yeah. You know, we haven't had quite as many reports no. because people are out and about and on holiday and um, what have you. But people were saying that, um, and psychologists were saying, well, is it lockdown? Is it the stress of being in lockdown? Yeah. You know, is the brain sort of unleashing itself and un sort of trying to deal with the situation yeah um but it was interesting that people have been starting to report these very lurid and i must admit beginning a lockdown i had a couple of dreams that were you know you'd wake up and you think well was that a dream 
you know, because it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like it was reality. Is it good enough to share? No. Why? Because I've forgotten them now. Because I just, one of these, I just go, right, okay. That's do you know, cool. I'm like that. I can't, I, I almost never remember dreams. I rarely do. I remember bits for about 20 minutes. Hey, she's not, she's not listening because, like, look, my wife. Yeah. Oh, I don't, she, she chatters away all night long. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like, she's having also, I don't know, she's having these conversations with, but she'll suddenly, like, I'm going to press the blue button. What's the blue? And I've started answering it to see what happens next. And what happens? Not much. Oh. But I was like, ever hopeful. Yes, you never know. You know, um, I mean, I was coming up last night, uh, it was just after midnight, uh, I got to something, Ozzy Littlin. Yeah. Whom whom we know well on the West Files. Oh, we do. Um, And we do have guests in uh, a little later on. But, um, yeah, even... Ethan Bloxinator! Stop what? that! Bloxinator! They've been playing Roblox on, oh, on the computer and he must have been playing, in he his must head, have been overplaying yeah. the game in his mind and then he suddenly blurted it out in his sleep. It was hilarious. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah. No, I must admit, I, I, there might be bits of a dream that I'll remember for about 20 seconds, you know, maybe 20 minutes, but I never remember them otherwise. Well, you know, dreams are fascinating because Freud looked at dreams and in fact they were all to do with having, like, in proper relations with your mother usually but they uh, that's what's wrong with psychologists they're all oh, yeah they're all okay. messed up um, in fact I've never met a psychologist that doesn't need counselling but there we are well I'm not saying a word the um, there's been a lot of studies into dreams and some psychologists subscribe to this idea of uh, the, the dream is an extension of reality mm. or an alt or an alternative reality like which is the dream and which, which is, is the, the reality? Life, which is the yeah. reality, and how, where does one end and where does one begin? Now, funnily enough, that's what these lucid dreams felt like, because I remember sort of waking up and, and thinking I was, it, am I? Have I been asleep? Well, it's you interesting, know. particularly from my point of view. But when people report paranormal experiences, is trying to, because they say, you know, I was asleep and then I was wide awake. Yeah. But were you? But were you? Because. You know, I mean, Ethan was saying, uh, ten-year-old was saying that, uh, and I've had similar experiences where you wake up from the dream, and you're still dreaming. But you're still dreaming. Yeah, I've had that one. And um, you know, so you can never be completely sure that you're not, in fact, still dreaming. Still dreaming. Yeah. And so, one of the things as an investigator, you have to try and figure out is. Where is the reality state in all of this? You know, which yeah. is a real experience and which is a dreamlike state? Because when people are falling asleep, they have what are called hypnagogic um, experiences. That's a heck of a word. It is, isn't it? I like that word. Um, and when they wake up, the, the opposite end of the scale, when they're waking up and they have these, then they can be called hypnopompic. <laughs> I still like them words. They're the good words, aren't they? They are good words. Hypnagogic. But. Um, the most, when, when uh, I think it was the Maimonides in New, uh, Dream Lab in New York were studying dreams, uh, the most lurid dreams and the most sort of vivid dreams yeah. are the fractions, you know, the first minutes of sleep. Really? As you are falling asleep for the first time. That's where the, the dreams are, you know, that's where the monsters are, that's where the, the bad dreams are. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're not in the REM, deep sleep. The REM sleep. Yeah, because we go through this sort of cycle. Yeah. Of, uh, uh, it takes about 90 minutes for most people. 
Unlike, sort of, unlike my hubby, who does that in about five seconds. Yeah, where you sort of start off light, go yeah, deep. Yeah, he just, boom, gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's still probably doing what we're doing, but <laughs> but not doing it as well as the West Files. No. It's good to be back, isn't it? It is good to be back. And uh, I remember I, I heard Daz say on, uh, on his show uh, that we would do the weather, and we do have a weather warning for you, and that's for Wednesday. Oh, if you've yep. got any plans for Wednesday... Cancel them. Basically, yeah. <laughs> our generous buddies over in the United States are sending us Hurricane Laura, which swept up through Houston. Oh, yeah. Through a right, went out through Washington State and is due across the Atlantic by the day after tomorrow. Lovely. Because I, I keep imagining it's Sunday today. Oh, yeah. I've completely lost track of the days now. Oh, you don't. Know, like, yeah. It's like, if it hadn't been for you reminding me it was Monday today, I just... I wouldn't be here. Well, it, you know, that and dreams, it's... Uh, let's have some Kylie anyway. Yeah. Seems quite appropriate. She can't get me out of her head.
starring neighbours there. Kylie Minogue. Yes. Luckily, nobody was in the studio listening to us la-la-lying all the way through it. No. <laughs> oh, which is good fun. Hey, yeah, can't get you out of my head. That, back on dreams as well. Yeah. Um, because have you ever had recurring dreams? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Over and over. And over and over. And it happened for years. The same dream. Is it shareable? Uh, yeah, it's, it is shareable. I mean, when I was, I, it started off I when mean, I was... after qu- nine. <laughs> it's not that sort. Oh. I keep them to myself. Um, no, I mean, it started when I was a kid. And as a kid, I was, at the end of the dream, I was terrified. Um, but I had it all the way up mid-twenties, late-twenties. And then it just seemed to go away. And what it was, I'd, I was dreaming, I was in this room. But the whole of the room was white. No other colour. Wooden floorboards was white. Was ceiling. Ig- you were in an igloo. I was in an igloo, yeah. There was a piano, one of these big baby grand pianos in there. That was white. And there was somebody sat at the piano in a white robe. And I know I was walking across to see who this person was sat at the piano. I put my hand on the shoulder with that, and I mean, people are going to laugh, but at the time when I was a kid, it was scary because I'd put my hand on his shoulder and his head would just fall off, roll across the floor in this massively bright red blood. And I'd wake up, terrified. You are properly screwed up, you know. I know. You are properly messed up. But that I would have quite regularly. I don't know, but mid-twenties, thirties, and then it just went. And I've never had it since. But I never worked out what it was about. Hey, you're, hey, you're properly messed up. I know. Like, uh, I've always yeah. been. Well, I'm glad but what about you? Have you had recurring dreams? Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to apologise because somehow... You're squeaking. Yeah, I've got the squeaky yeah. chair again, haven't I? Yeah. Um, so I apologise to the listeners of the West Files here in Purist Radio for having the... Yeah, he, had, he does have to look round the monitors to see me in the corridor. Yeah, and we seem to have inherited the squeaky chair from somewhere. Too. Yeah. But yeah, um, as a kid, I used to have... I said I said a little while ago, I don't remember dreams. I don't now, but as a kid, I used to have this recurring dream. Well, there was two. The first one was going to a circus. Really? And... I would, and my mum says, you know, my mum had told me, uh, I used to laugh like a drain at the clowns. Good gosh. Now, I don't, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a fairly innocuous one. Yeah. The other one I always remember was, um, it was, it was a, it was a, a Greek or Roman garden. Oh. With the fountain. Yeah. And, you know, the reclining. Yeah. On the grape and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And yeah. it was one of those scenes. And I was uh, sort of reclined on the thing. Being fed grapes? Peeling them. Yeah, get this, like, whip the slaves and... Um, yeah. um, I sell, Vary, peel me a grape. And you thought I was messed up. <laughs> well, it was a pretty good dream for a kid. Yeah, I'm not even going But then down. I liked history and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you I'd, still do, though. I'd probably seen, you know, some Ben-Hair or one of those Liz Taylor films. It could have was... been another section of your brain just sort of coming or into... Or it could have been an alternate reality. Well, yeah. Another existence where I was a Roman general. So do you... That takes us on to do you believe in past lives? Well... I, I, you know, that's not really my area of, of expertise, and there are psychologists who have who've looked, uh, like this Professor Ian Stevenson, who've studied it, and they're firmly convinced that you know it's it's worthwhile this this idea of um, 
we get recycled, I yeah. suppose, you know, we, we die and then we, we come back again. And there yeah. are stories. I mean, I think one of the most famous is the Irish one. I can't remember the details, but it's Bridie Murphy. And this is an Irish lady who'd been, you know, she'd had kids and she died. And then this woman came back saying that she was, you know, Bridie Murphy. And it was, yeah. it was looked into by a guy who worked, it was a reporter for the Liverpool Echo. Um, and he claimed to have found the, the real Bridie Murphy and, and actually eventually found some surviving children. Right. So he found the children of this... of The original the one. The original Bridie Murphy, who the kids, you know... And according to the book, the story's tallied up. Yeah. However, when, you know, others looked into the story, there was lots of ways in which people could have found out the information. Yeah. Um, and so there are very many questions... But I know that there are active, you know, there are a number of researchers. Orlando Haraldson, an Icelandic researcher currently, has been studying reincarnation mm. for many, many, many years. And is, he is a firm believer in it. Because it, it makes me wonder sometimes, because you will talk to different people. It's like me. Certain, I mean, I'm not as big into history as you are, obviously, but certain parts of the past, like the medieval times and the Egyptian times, I love those areas that it's just... It was almost like that feels like me, and I'm you know it, it does make you think. Were you, you know, was it? I, think, it, I, yeah. I think a lot of that is romantic, wishful thinking. If I'm honest, because uh, I think we 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 do pick up. You know, we've got so much stuff on television, and we've got so much stuff in books and yeah. in libraries, and we absorb information without consciously absorbing the information, and it, it kind of sticks. That's you true. Know, I, I listen to to Aussie. You know, over the last twenty something weeks of lockdown, <laughs> yeah, you poor thing. You. And hearing him talking, saying things that you think, you know, you could immediately sort of go, "Well, that, where did he get that from?" Yeah, you know that he's babbled on like a, a normal six year old. Then he'll throw in a few adult sentences. Yeah, but, but they're in the right place and they're in and context, the right context. And yeah, you think, well, that's but then you realise actually he watches quite a lot of adult television. You know, like documentary adult television yeah. um and some of the content he's been using on the computer from school with yeah the school work they've been sent it is you know and it does stick yeah even if we're not conscious i remember when i trained to be a nurse i got to my fourth year and you know nursing is like you're gonna learn all this weird stuff like aseptic technique and you know simple things like hospital corners oh i know i can do hospital taking corners. staples and sutures out and doing all sorts of oh, i can stuff. do that and I'm not a nurse, I just had to. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks so daunting at the start. Yeah. You think you'll never remember it. And you don't, you know, you, you, you do your training. And then I got to be a fourth-year student nurse just before registration. And they sent, you know, there's some first-year student nurses on the ward. Mm. And they, oh, you go work with them. And I'm showing them. And then it dawned on me that I know this stuff. <laughs> You suddenly realise. Yeah, suddenly you, you realise how yeah. much you you've actually learned without ever consciously re learning it. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of this stuff that's put down to the paranormal, the spooky effect, is down to the fact that we are subconsciously absorbing so much information. Yeah, you know we know a great deal about um, 
different cities of the world yeah and different cultures because we sit <coughs> we sit in newspapers on the news on television on you know films at the movies or even just our own, own self-interest well yeah you but know. i mean you know you, you watch a movie on netflix oh yeah that's set in paris and you are picking up not just what the actors are doing but you're, you're subconsciously absorbing the detail of the city you yeah know, where the buildings are what the buildings look like um a whole raft of additional information that's going in that you're not aware Conscious of, because you're of, focusing yeah. on what the actors are doing. And then, you know, if that replays, or we end up with this almost... There was a theory about... I mean, it, it kind of relates to deja vu. Mm. Because deja vu, uh, which I used to suffer from as a, as a kid, we'd go somewhere on holiday and we'd drive down the road into this seaside yeah. town and you go, I've, I've been, been here, here before. before. Yeah, I've been there, done that. And, you know, people people use that as, and they say, um, well, this is proof of, of, of a past life or this is proof that, of astral projection or that we, you know, we journey in our dreams to these faraway places and then when we get there... We know where everything but is. But there's, there's another possibility with it, one that I think is actually plausible, as you called... It, it, it's the tech you like long words. This like one is called cybernetic evaluation. Oh, I like that one. And this as well. is because well, the, the, I'll give you two theories. The first is that we've we've learned something about the location, right? Uh, subconsciously, so we uh, we know a little bit. You know, we know we're going to the seaside. We know it's in Devon. We've yeah. seen some holiday postcards. We've seen some you know, brochures, or we've, yeah. we've heard our parents talking when we were small about the place. And oh, there's a fishing boat, and oh, it's a cafeteria, and we have we develop a mental picture. Yeah. Now, when reality matches the mental picture, you get the you get the brain suddenly goes, "This looks familiar." Yeah. That's cybernetic evaluation. Ah. The other possibility, um, which is just completely. <laughs> completely lost it haven't you straight out of me head there so what we'll do is we'll have some music while you try to while, remember while it while my brain tries to get cybernetic evaluation out of the way yeah and come up with the other one the other one yeah so uh let's clear my brain let's with clear music. your brain.
Word up cameo. Joe, you know, I can't listen to that without thinking of Prince. I know. That is that yeah. yeah, it's Prince, isn't it? Yeah. Prince and the Revolution. Definitely. With uh, yeah, it was Prince and the Revolution with Word Up. Yeah. <laughs> Masquerading as Cameo and the AKA the artist who was known as. Yeah. Yeah, the other one. Split um, yeah. P. No. No, I remembered it. it split brain. <laughs> because our brain is actually two brains. Yeah. Um, and in nursing, when I, because I, I worked in stroke rehab for quite a while, and of course, people who have strokes know that you know one side of the brain is affected and the other side isn't. So yeah. they might lose motor control but keep perfect speech, or yeah. can't speak but have fine motor control, yeah. or it will only affect. Like, if they have a left-sided stroke, the right side of the body is paralysed and vice versa because it's a crossover. Ah, uh, right, yeah. And the brain works because it's actually two brains yeah. joined. In the middle. This. Right. So, one half of the brain is processing audiovisual stimulation mm. and passing it, you know, through the barrier to the other half, um, which controls locomotion and other processes. So, it sees the beach the scene, the as you drive down to the beach town, yeah. and registers it a fraction of a second before the other side of the brain catches up. Ah. When the other side of the brain catches up, it snaps sort of like, bloody hell, that's familiar. Yeah. And that's the other theory for deja vu. It's for deja vu. And it, actually, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Well, it does make know, sense, Because yeah. we know that the brain has a split effect, and we yeah. know that... When people have done um, brain scans, you know, they, they know that the brain actually functions as almost as two computers. Yeah. Uh, that talk to one another through this link. Through all the and each little bits, their own, yeah. You know, you know, the right side of your brain controls the left side of your body. and But it also does other things. Yeah. And vice versa. So, uh, yeah, we end up with this sort of... But they look paranormal. Mm. Because people go, oh, it was really weird. And you know, how could they possibly have known that? And, yeah. And during the break, we were talking about, you know, stuff that we know without really knowing it. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was a Facebook quiz the other day in um, a geology museum I'm, I'm friends with uh, up on Anglesey. They put a picture up of this rock, which they do from time to time. It's like, yeah. right, who can guess what this rock is? And there'd been like three or four guesses and they were all wrong. And I just, I typed in, it's actinolite. And they went, yeah, yeah that, that's right. And I, how the heck did I know yeah. that? And they went, how the heck did you know that? And you went, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember, but I obviously knew it from somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, info, it, it d does demonstrate that information does stick. So It does stay in your brain. So, I mean, if you're listening and you have weird deja vu moments or weird dreams during lockdown or, or even all the time, uh, recurring dreams, you know, get in touch. And, of course, if you're in around Nayland and you hear click, clock, click, clock, click, clock. Oh, yeah. That's it's probably nice. Ronnie with two half coconuts reenacting the scene from. Don't be silly. Yeah, Monty Python. <sighs> no, I'd be doing the holy hand grenade. Oh, of Antioch. <laughs> Antioch. <laughs> Don't you see? There's another good example. People can remember whole movie scripts. Yeah. But if you said to you know the average man on the street, give me ten lines from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they go, oh yeah. yeah. Give them one line to start him off with, and they can continue. And they act the other half of the scene. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I can do, my favourite movie of all time is The Battle of Britain, the movie from 1969 starring everybody. Yes. Um, Brilliant you know, movie. Lovejoy was in it, Sir Alec Guinness yeah. was in it, you know, Christopher Plummer, you know, the whole of the cast of The Sound of Music were in it. <laughs> um, I, I think there were even some Muppets. But um, 
I can do that film line for line. Yeah. And it's like song lyrics. We remember song lyrics from oh, yeah. decades ago. Yeah. Um, now, I, I end up, um, this while we're talking about this, I can go and listen to a singer that writes their own songs. Never heard them before, never seen them before, and yet I know the words. How do you explain that one? Because there's a formula to songwriting which has been demonstrated. Ah, is that what so it many is? Times. Um, because if you think about constructing a song, a pop song, in fact, there is a mathematical formula for constructing a pop song. Really? Did you know that? No, I did not. There is not. a mathematical formula. Oh, for we are getting very posh tonight, and, aren't we? Uh, like Stock Aitken Waterman, um, Simon Cowell, they use this formula ah. when they're putting together Kylie and because uh, I notice we've got Rick Astley coming up soon um, whoever put this playlist together they're going to be shot <laughs> uh, but all of those um, they're done to this formula and of ah. course uh, you know singer songwriters if they're going to be popular they it consciously or subconsciously and we understand the other the other way I could I could offer by way of um, poo-pooing it being a spoiled sport is no. we understand language very well yeah and we know you know when uh, when we listen to words our brain is listening to what's being said but it's processing what's coming next ah yeah so your brain is running slightly ahead and it's ahead. something that's actually been seen in uh, especially ouija boards and seances really where people have said i know what the board was going to say before the, the board said it now they're not the ones pushing the glass round, obviously no but, um, and i i've experienced it too where you know what's coming next and uh, a professor up at york robin wolford uh, had, had looked at speech patterns yeah now language is is quite you know carefully constructed and we understand it very very well mm. and most european languages are quite similar to english because it's uh, got similar roots except for the latin ones. yeah um so you would never have for example you know if somebody you know, what's the next letter after t well it's never going to be a q is it no it's going to be probably a vowel yeah and so we understand how words and letters ah. go together yeah so when somebody uses a certain combination of words, and we do it in texting every single day, we don't write the whole word sentence, do we? I do. Oh, a lot of people don't. Write no, they don't. Because you don't need to. No, but I do because I keep getting told off by my kids because I don't. Yeah, yeah. but you don't need to because no. we can fill our, you know, our, brain our brains see the gaps and understanding nuances of the language. Yeah. And if a singer is, you know, using words. If they were doing, if they were doing that in French or Latin or Swahili, yeah, and you were jumping ahead of them, then that would be impressive because that's not your native language. No, it's not. But they're doing it in your native, native language, ah. a language that since you were teeny tiny little, I mean, watch a kid. One of the great joys when with the two boys growing up is watching them, particularly in the very early years, developing language skills. Oh yeah. Um, how they repeat words over and over and over to the point where you go, shut up. I know, Stop yeah. Stop saying that bloody word and, over and over and over. And for the next 20 minutes, they keep doing it. What they're doing is programming the brain. Yeah. And you watch them developing language. And it's really... Oscar did a, a fantastic... It's, it's slightly off the beam, but it's not language as such. Um, when he was at nursery, uh, we noticed that he was signing... Oh gosh. 
um, for lots of things. Yeah. He'd learned sign language. And we spoke to to the nursery about it, and they said that they had uh, a deaf kid. Ah, oh, right, yeah. Who, who was in Oscar's group. Yeah. And they, they signed with the kid. Now, Oscar's sitting there alongside this other little boy, and Oscar's learnt to sign. And we said to the, when he started primary school, we said, can Oscar, you know, is does the school have any way of continuing, continuing sign language? It, yeah. Because this could be a huge asset in later exactly, life. Exactly, yeah. He's inadvertently learned sign language. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, a reasonable standard. Yeah. You know, he, he was communicating using signing and speech. And, but the school, and now he's lost most of it. Mm. But, you know, what an... It's amazing, though, to see something like that. But I, we, ha- we are those people, though. Yeah. It's not, you know, when we say, oh, it's paranormal, it's spooky, it's weird, it's, it's, it can't be normal. Well, actually, it, it is can be, yeah. very normal. Yeah. Because yeah, this we're, was we're disingenuous to ourselves, really. Well, this is the thing with with the, the children I worked with some of the, in the past, and they would they could understand sign. They couldn't always you know communicate with it, but they could understand it. So yeah, I kept pushing the school and saying, look, you know, I I need to the other, you know, travel attendants, whatever you want to call mm. us, taxi ladies, taxi men. Um, they want, you know, we want to learn to be able to say, even if it's just good morning, mm. so that, that kid feels a part of. And in the end, they brought out a booklet, which, you know, you can just pick up from the school now. Mm. And it's it's surprising how much you use it. Well, you know, I think learning signing is probably much more useful to him than learning bloody Welsh, but there we go. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say a word on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna keep quiet. I'm gonna keep uh, Welsh, the international language of business. Sorry, sorry, I'm English and I'm proudly English and I live in Wales and my wife's Welsh and my children are half Welsh and they learn they learn Welsh at school and they're very good at Welsh. And yeah, I would rather than do the sign language or German or Latin or Russian or... Um, but there we are. That's just me. I don't know how easy it is to learn Latin in schools. Bizarrely. Because I, when I went to school, we had to do Latin. Really? To O level. And, of course, it's like, what are we doing this? It's a completely wasted dead language. Yeah. Utterly pointless learning yeah. Latin. It's been the most useful class I've ever attended. Really? Yeah, because so many of our words, if you don't, you know, particularly in science and medicine and physics, yeah, you don't understand what a word means. Like, ab, you know, but you look at the Latin, you, know, you break it down and you think oh, into Latin or Greek. Yeah. And Greek isn't what we did, but um, I'm just, I can't think of any examples now, but you, like ab means to remove. Yeah. So absolve, absorb. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. and then you've got adsorb, which means to, uh, take away from right so you think well i can understand the meaning because i can break it down using the latin, the latin that you use yeah. that you learn so you end up thinking well that was actually really quite useful, quite useful. yeah i'm and still trying to find actually, a use for algebra no there isn't a use <laughs> Which Al- is... algebra i think is the educational version of wasps i like wasps uh, yeah but what do they do they do a lot of things like what they pollinate pollinate what they yeah. don't they just fly around you picnic and sting you if you annoy them yeah well don't annoy them then they're just a complete waste of i mean i don't know what nature put them on the planet but bloody wasps 
I mean, bees, you know, I mean, you know, in the spring, we see the bumblebee sort of sitting there shivering on the windowsill. You go out there with the, you know, little dropper full of sugar and warm water and you put it down for it and he has a little sip of the sugar cube and then he flies away and he's happy. Wasps, what are they all about? They're like Extinction Rebellion campaigners, aren't they? Ooh! Nobody knows what the hell they're there for apart from to irritate you. Well, yeah, I suppose most people would agree with you on Do you wasps. know, I thought, I thought to welcome you back, I thought uh, in a little while we're going to... Um, we haven't had a teller of Curious Tales for a while. No, we haven't. Oh, and do you remember, was it last month, we, we did that um, old 1970s recording from uh, the RAF investigation of the airfield? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, inundated with emails afterwards. Re I'm not surprised. It was People had really missed good. the first half or... So, yeah. Second, last, uh, later on in the, show, in the second half of the show, we're going to be repeating the 1970s oh, brilliant. REF Birch and Newton. It film. is well worth listening because to. Because apparently there's a problem with the podcast as well, so we want to fix that. And um, But yeah, so later on, tune in. It is the scariest thing that we've had for many a long time. Oh, it was, the it, I must admit, I'm not going to say too much, but it was. it's well worth listening to. It is absolutely well worth yeah. listening to. So... Um, but Ronnie has been um, sadly missing the teller of curious tales. Oh, I know. He? And his uh, maniacal. <laughs> and his good. No, you can't do it. The same. I know. I didn't say I could, could I? No. Yeah, so there we are. But don't practice. So um, we, there was one that we had left over. Ooh. From uh, the teller of curious tales. Is that for stars. me? It's, it is. Ooh. So See, you're glad to have me back, really. And then, well, well, uh, and then we'll, um, then we'll be talking to our guests. Mm. So that will keep you occupied as well. Well, yeah, normally does. Yeah, she does. She really does like. I don't think she listens to the story, but she gets all, all gooey-eyed. I do listen to the story. Yeah, it's that laugh at the end, isn't it? It is a laugh. It at is, the end. isn't it? I'm sorry. It does. It, it is. Does it every time? Makes her go all weak at the knees, bless her. Which is why I stay sat down. Yeah, there's no need for that. <laughs> Are you ready? Brace yourself then, Ronaldo. It okay. is on the West Files, 31st of August, pandemic year. <laughs> yeah. The teller of curious tales. After the Beach Boys. It's on Yeah, I am. I'm... And why the Beach Boys are on. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is my fault entirely because... Uh, we well, it have, would be. Yeah, we have a new computer system. and um, So after the Beach Boys and Rick Astley is the teller of Curious Tales. Are you just keeping me hanging on by a thread here, aren't you? Yeah, I apologise. No, but, you do uh, It's Do It Again by the Beach Boys, followed by uh, Rick, Rick Astley. I don't know. Oh, I got in there. Yeah, well... But then we'll do the teller of Curious Tales. Good.
Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. Students of witchcraft are well aware of the fact that most women who, during the 17th century, were brought to trial for this crime, firmly believed in their powers. When King James attended the trial of Grace Keith, a woman accused of attempting his life by casting a spell, the prisoner admitted that she and the devil conspired to which up a storm that would sink the ship on which the king was travelling. She attempted to accomplish this by saying incantations over a cat, whose paws, for some magical reason, had the knuckles of a dead man tied to them. The cat was baptised and cast into the sea. A storm came up, the ship foundered, and the king's life had been endangered. Failing to kill his majesty in this manner, Grace now proceeded to bring about his murder in another way. This time, she hung a toad up by its heels so that its venom would drip into an oyster shell. She then tried to bribe someone to steal some of the king's dirty linen in order to cause extraordinary pains which would continue until his majesty died. All this seems extremely silly, except that there was a storm and the king did suffer excruciating pains. Hence the prosecution. So Grace Keith was judged guilty, taken to Castle Hill, bound to a stake, strangled and her body burnt to ashes. But this isn't the end. Here comes the really curious feature of this story. Before she went to her death, she laughed at the prosecutors and said that after they'd burned her body, she would sit in a tree at the crossroads in the form of a crow to torment them forever. And whenever they drove past the crow would call, the horses would shy, and she would always be present to mock them. Naturally, a legend developed from this. A legend that has come down to the present day. Hearing of it, a young American determined to try the efficacy of the witch's prophecy, drove a horse which had never been within 20 miles of Castle Hill, into this crossroads without touching the reins. In the exact spot mentioned in the legend, the horse balked and refused to go forward. He wouldn't budge until he had been blindfolded and led past the spot. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. 
On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs> the latest for Pembrokeshire. The HM Coast Guard Dale was called out early on Sunday morning on August 30th as a person was found unconscious on the shore of the Kledai in Nayland. A call was received just after 5am and the casualty was stabilised by the Welsh Ambulance Service. The Coast Guard carried the casualty along the shoreline onto a stretcher and transferred them to a waiting ambulance. David Powers Police and Mid and West Wales Fire Service were also in attendance. The Coast Guard then received another call at 12.37 to assist with a casualty who had collapsed 